great to be here. It's really great to be back in Belgrade, as Max said. You know, we, um, we met last year and uh, kept in touch since. Now, three and a half years ago, just before COVID hit, and we all know what happened there, um, I was in my room at home with my phone, and I recorded the first ever episode of my podcast. I was nervous. I must have done it, did the trailer about 20 times. But now I'm approaching 100 episodes, and uh, it's just fantastic to be on stage. Now, that's not to brag. It's more to say, actually, just start something, and then you never know what might happen. So what Amir said, what you said, is absolutely correct. Now, I am founder of a company called Employer Content Studio, and I'm a content strategist and content production lead, where we create content for employers. But enough of that. Talk about my podcast. The reason I set up the podcast was because we have a bit of an issue, $8 trillion issue. And that's from the Gallup State of the Workplace report. It's a global report, over 100,000 people. And it says businesses is losing, are losing $8 trillion through lost productivity. And that's because only 23% of employees around the world are actually engaged at work. And in the latest report, they said that was good because it's improved. And still, that's a shocking number. And that equates to around about, I think it's 9% of global GDP. So big numbers, big issues. So we must all together bring <coughs> magic to this conference and to employer branding. How are you doing, Elena? JJ, how are yeah. you doing? Hi, everyone. Welcome. Um, I'm Yelena, uh, also organizational psychologist. Everyone calls me JJ, so you can do it too. <laughs> Um, I've been working in HR since forever, like 18 plus years. Uh, after my graduation, I actually started my internship in marketing, which is pretty funny because now I'm a full-time employer brander, uh, branding person. And for the last um, five, I think, years, I've been holding full-time positions in employer branding. And I had the opportunity to become a first and only one employer brand manager in two companies. The first one was um, a multinational corporation, Ayadan Croatia, Hrvatska. And the second one was IT startup Photomat. You have probably heard uh, the brand because it was recently acquired by Google. It was a huge news in whole, whole world, especially in Balkan regions. So um, yeah, that's about uh, my career so far. And uh, since this summer, I actually started my own business, which is specialized in HR and employer branding. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> so far, so good. Um, did okay. I forget something? We said we are introverts, so. Yeah, well, let's, let's just start talking. Yeah. Let's just start talking, I think. So bringing the magic and bringing excitement into an organization through employer branding. Excitement, magic, these aren't words we often hear in the corporate world, but why are they, why are they so important for businesses? Well, uh, here I want to share my personal story of how I um, actually found out a magic at work. Uh, so I had a lot of... Uh, professional experience at corporations and big companies. And then I was already thinking about starting my own business, but then the corona hit and I said, okay, let's wait a little bit. And then this opportunity at Photomat arrived and I embraced it. 
And for me, it was totally magical experience. So after so many years at corporation and thinking about myself, I'm a corporate person and I can hand, handle the corporate world. Mm. I actually learned about myself that I'm more of the startup person in terms of I really enjoy the environment. I have all the freedom I want. I have, I have had so much autonomy that it was scared sometimes. And, uh, then I really uh, found out that this was magical experience for me because mm -hmm. even my friends and my ex-colleagues told me that I was somehow transformed when I switched the jobs. So it wasn't about the job or position. It, it was about the culture and environment that really inspired. It was a spark of something in myself that really started something special. Mm -hmm. For the first time in my life, I mean, I always loved the jobs I had, and I always had uh, every each position I held for three, four, five years. So okay. I didn't switch jobs too too often. But uh, th this was the first time where I really felt I'm at home. Mm. I feel comfortable. This is my tribe. I, I totally resonate with the culture and the vibes and the val the values that we had. Mm. Uh, so yeah, definitely when I was thinking about this question, excitement and magic in employer branding, uh, a lot of companies, a lot of brands focus on uh, promoting competitive salaries and benefits packages. But when you think about it, today you can work anywhere in the world. You can work remotely, you can work globally. Yeah. And there is a really big chance that some other employer is going to offer a bigger salary or better benefits. Very true. If we think about IT companies and tech industry, the benefits are more or less the same or very similar. Mm. So where we can actually differentiate our employer brands is the culture, it's the people. And this mm. is what I would like you to have as a first takeaway maybe from this podcast, that when you create your EVP, do focus on what makes you special but in terms of people and culture, values, mission, those are the things that really attract the people you, you really want. Uh, and I can share here all, again one example from Photomat. Yeah. So Photomat's mission, it's a, the product is a, is a mobile app that helps you learn math and it is uh, globally accessible, globally, so everyone in the world uses it. Mm. Um, and the mission of the product of the company is actually to make learning or to make knowledge accessible to everyone. And this is something, this, this message is something that I used also when I uh, created the employer brand. And this is the message that we wanted to send to our employees in terms of if this is the mission of the company, how you as individual can, can contribute to that mission. So this was quite easy for me then to have employees or or especially engineers, because that was my focus group. Um, when I invited them, can you have a talk at the conference? Why should I do that? Because this is aligned to our mission. We're sharing knowledge. Huh. We are experts and we want to share that with community. Or with, uh, when I approached to another engineer and said, can you mentor a student? I don't have time, but this is our mission. Let's remember that. That's why we are here. That is why we exist. Mm. And this really resonated with people. I think that that was the kind of magic that we need more in I think in you're right. And this, it goes to that, that thing, and then maybe this is another episode, JJ, yeah. so we'll get you back on the <laughs> podcast. But that thing about 
you know, emotion is really what convinces people and logic is the kind of thing that backs it up. So, yeah. but yeah, um, tell you what, let's go straight to Menti and we're going to be asking a question which is about the challenges facing, you face implementing employer brand in your organisation. So let's have a look. What have we got? What kind of challenges are you facing? So we've got here, how to attract employees to post social media content. Yeah. Any more? Keep them coming. Lack of understanding from leadership. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, we'll keep them coming, definitely keep them coming. What, are there any of those that ring true for you? Are they familiar challenges? Yeah, total lack of understanding why we all need it and lack of understanding from leadership team. I was lucky that I didn't have that challenge, but now yeah. when I started to work with clients, I do have some stories to share. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one client, potential client of mine, he actually told me, can you help us with employer branding? And I said, yes, and this is how I do it, or this is how we do it. And he said, yeah, but the trick is, you know, I don't want to be included in that project. And also my employees, which are also engineers, and they want to attract engineers, they don't want to participate. Can you help us? And I said, yeah, probably not. You don't, have, you don't want to have my picture and my testimonial on LinkedIn, so mm. I'm afraid we cannot work together. Uh, that's else? important actually to actually make that decision and going look yeah. it's, it's not going to yeah. work yeah having no product service how to be that. different and place something new oh what's in it for me questions from employees i will answer that You're later we, we will keep that how to be different and place something yeah the budget is always uh, a challenge especially when it's limited and it's always limited of course and uh, people often um, calculate whether we should invest in research and have some data and really have targeted campaigns, you know, really mm. know what things are going to be most effective yeah. or should we mostly um, invest in campaigns, in communications? That's always a hard decision. Uh, and what, um, when it comes to... So I think this thing about excitement across all levels, you know, from the very top to all other roles. What, what have you done? You know, what kind of what have been your tricks and tactics to, to make sure that happens? Mm. As I said, I was lucky to not have to uh, convince the top management that we have to do it. Actually, one fun uh, story from my interview at Photomat was that the CEO actually he posed some questions, we chatted, and he told me, you know, I know we have to do it. I know I have to participate in the activities, but I need someone like you who will actually make me do it. I'm an introvert, I'm an engineer, I'm focused to developing great products, innovative products, and I really hate, you know, public speaking, interviews, yeah. uh, mingling, uh, networking events. But I know from the business point of view, I know I have to do it. Please make me do it. And I was like... Accountability, isn't it? Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. I want to do that job. Um, th that was starting from the top. Yeah. But then um, I went to engineers. As I said, uh, the main focus was to attract and engage engineers. And when I told them, hi, I'm, I'm your new employer brand manager, um, and this is what we're going to do, they were like, yeah, we hate marketing. 
we hate social media. We <laughs> hate events. And I was like, okay. What should you do? <laughs> that's, that's a tough, <laughs> tough one. Um, yeah, first, I spent a lot of time just chatting with them, just getting to know them, just, you know, trying to understand why they joined the company, why they are staying, what makes them happy at work, what frustrates them. I really had a long conversation, both formal one and informal ones. I invited them for lunch, for coffee. Mm. Uh, really, every opportunity I had, I spent with engineers. And uh, day by day, I, um, I think I understood their, their mindset and what makes them think. Um, and after I realized there is no point of, you know, bragging like, I'm going to help you bring... Uh, uh, develop your personal brands because this is not something that will motivate engineers to participate. But what I learned is that actually they want to contribute to tech community. They want to share their expertise and, and they want to help their peers from other companies and other industry maybe solve some dif difficult uh, problems that they solved. And then I thought to myself, okay, how can they, where can they share their stories? Where can they share their experiences? Mm. And I suggested a few activities like, what do you think about engineering blog? There you can, you know, write about your projects, how you solved the problem, what solution did you find? And yeah, things like that. They liked it. But uh, what I did was not just tell them, you know, you should write a blog. You have two weeks, is that okay? But we actually organized uh, a workshop. We had external coach, a chief editor from One Tech Media, who actually gave them training about how to write technical content, how to write blog, uh, tips and tricks. And he also gave them some, you know, due dates. Everybody um, had a topic to write, which they they choose by themselves. And after they did write the blog. Everyone got individual feedback and coaching from that same editor. So this, is, this was really for them perceived as a development opportunity. They really felt they are growing in their roles and they're also getting some skills that can be valuable for their further careers. Mm -hmm. This is just one example. Another good example is, for example, when I asked them, can you go at this conference and have a, cop, have a talk or have, participate at panel discussion? They usually weren't eager at first, you know, but then I offered, we, we were um, collaborating closely with, with one presentation skills coach and I offered individual coaching sessions and they felt so good because those skills can be transferable to, to their work. They have to present often in the meetings, in the workshops, in, you know, strategic uh, sessions, off-sites. And those skills are valuable for them, not only for that one particular event, but they can gain something for their career and for their personal um, development. Mm. So what's in it for them? What's in it for them? Yeah. That's, that's the main question. When you find uh, the answer to that question, this is how you get them to participate. Mm. Uh, I've got lots of questions, but I'm going to hold off because I want the questions to go back out. So let me just check timing, how we're doing. Okay. All right, oh, I'm going to ask my, my question. We talk about the very top, yeah? So you've got C-suites, you've got founders, you know, they are see, very focused on growing the business. Yeah. So it's very kind of bottom line for them. It's like, what's in it for me? What is the true return on investment? How do you make that, and Amir made a good point about the connection between employer brand and like applications oh. and the, 
and take that deeper into actual return on that investment. How do you start to make that connection when you're talking to leaders of business to going, this is, well, going back to $8 trillion, oh my goodness, like that is just such a massive number. It's business critical to do it, but not everyone thinks that way. So how, how do you get senior leaders to think that way? Again, practical example. Uh, when I came to that last company, it was, I think, 40 or 50 of us, mm. like 20 engineer, engineers. And they told me, okay, we want to have triple that number in one year. How do we do that? Because we put a job ad out, we wait for a month, three, sometimes four, we have no applications. And then we, we, we did the research, market research, and we found out that this is not the way engineers fi find job or uh, look for job. They usually uh, go through referrals, they ask friends, and uh, they want to be directly contacted, especially not by HR, but by engineering managers or CTOs. That's the, the people they can relate to, and they want to talk to those people. Uh, what I wanted to say is, if you want to be really short and simple, the simplest message you can send to C your CEO C-level is actually, you want your business to grow. And if we want to grow, we need people. And we don't need any kind of people. We want the best people on the market. And employer branding can help you that achieve that. So, um, let's talk a bit about, before we go out to questions, a bit about... Um some other challenging scenarios you've, you've had with leaders of businesses or senior people when they've just gone, no. Any other things? You, we were talking about something, weren't we, about someone you were speaking to recently, actually, where they were just like, not interested. Yeah, that was that client I, that yeah. I already shared that story. What, 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 else did you, what else did you do kind of to, to convince? Or what, what was his, how did he kind of improve his, his belief in, in, in employee branding? Well, actually, in, um, I also had the yeah, experience where previous company where employer branding wasn't immediately my full-time role. I was working as uh, HR. The, uh, my focus was on, on people development and talent programs. And um, I suggested, let me just try it. Let me experiment. Let me play with it. And let's see what happens. I did have some you know, hopes what I want to achieve, but... Mm -hmm. I didn't want to uh, actually guarantee anything because I was just starting. I didn't know what I'm doing, but I felt that there is something, there might be some magic. Mm. And uh, actually they gave me this opportunity to work half-time one role, half-time employer branding. And after a while, when we started to see the results and the, res the results were um, concretely, we could get better candidates to say yes to our interview. So. The previous problem was when the recruiter reached out to, to good candidates, they would refuse even to have a talk with them. No conversation. After a while, people started to say, oh yes, I heard that campaign, I read the article, I saw your colleague at the conference. They already had some information about the company and they liked it. And that was opening some new doors that we didn't have before. So when managers and C-level realized that uh, changes mm. for good. Uh, then they said, okay, we see potential. You're doing good stuff. If we give you more time and more resources, can you 
achieve even better results. And this is how I actually got my first full-time role. It wasn't at first like, yeah, you do it, we believe in it, but gradually and with some small wins and small steps, I, uh, I got it. I think that's really important, the, the small wins and experimenting, yeah. I think. Yeah. Go back to the thing about excitement and magic and, exactly. and corporate world. Experimentation is often seen as a, as a negative thing. Although entrepreneurial world, startups, minimum viable product, testing, testing, yeah. testing. I think that's really important. Um, what do you love about your job? What is it? What is it? I always like asking that question. What is it that you know, you've had a busy day? Maybe you've had you know some challenging times, but you still got a big smile on your face at the end yeah. of the day. What what makes that smile? Um, it always boils down to people, yeah. as we saw on the first slide, um, and. Maybe some special moments when uh, employees who participate in any kind of activities, whether be it a conference or a blog or a testimonial or interview for media, and after they do it, they come back to my office and they say, thank you for uh, choosing me. I mean, thank you for giving me this opportunity. Thank you for believing me when I didn't believe in myself. And thank you for empowering me, for giving all the resources that I mentioned, trainings, sessions, coaching, support, even a clap clap on the, on the back. So this is for me a moment of, wow, I really, I mean, it's, it's a little thing, but it's really, um, it makes me happy. And uh, I also see that those people are experiences, experiencing uh, some kind of personal fulfillment. Mm. It's not just about help your company grow by participating in those activities, there is something really significant also for you yourself. Yeah, emotion is often seen as a negative thing in business, but yeah. it's emotion has very different it's all about you know, emotion. masks, doesn't it? But emotion is really important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Great. Well, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to getting this, this episode out. It will be probably around the kind of 96, 97 episodes. So yeah, 100. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. This is a chance for the people to be part of the, this is your chance to be part of the podcast by putting your questions uh, into Menti. So we've got a few minutes to ask the most important questions now uh, to these two here. Um, so let me see, what do we have? Keep the upvotes coming, give you a few seconds. So I'm asking the right questions for you right now. Okay, my Wi-Fi connection is failing, but I've got some questions, I think. Uh, good, so um, how do you explain that employer branding team isn't just a way to get management to do what they want to do anyway? So it says here, how to explain that the EB team isn't just a source of inspiration for the management to, in the end, just do things their way anyway? We have a challenge with making the people that make decisions listen more. I'm not sure if I understand correctly, but um, what I can comment on is that often when management is asked about employer brand and where they see the company going and how they want the image to be built, they are often in the aspirational part. And I think it's okay to be aspirational when building employer brand, but not more than 10, 15%. 
and also when we communicate aspirational part. I mean, to be totally clear, what I mean here is we are not yet there. So, let, for example, we are not digitally transformed yet, but this is what we are doing. And here are some initiatives and concrete actions that we uh, are currently um, having in our company implemented. Uh, this is what I, I don't know if I understood correctly. I think, I don't know. But, yeah. okay, uh, but uh, as I said, aspirational part in EVP or in employer brand should be only a really small, small, insignificant part. This is something that we want to get there, but still not there. But the part where we should all focus in communicating and also in building experience that, that people have every day is where we are now, what is really, what is authentic, what everyone in the company can say, yes, that's true, that's my experience. I don't know if you know the, the data, the statistic, uh, when they surveyed global audience and asked employees, is the way how your employer, your company is presenting itself outside on external channels, how authentic, how true is that towards um, in benchmark to your experience? Less than 20% of employees said, yes, it's the experience that we have every day at the company is the same that we project outside. So basically what they're saying is that more than 80% of employer branding or PR communications is fake. Well, as you say, was it last year, Max, if it's a shit place to work? Your employer branding is a lie. Okay, good. Uh, thank you. There's lots of questions where people want some really concrete examples. So can you give us another example or two of EVP and using it in the everyday? I mean, I can give you an example how I created EVP or how I did the research about EVP and how we defined it. But you use it every day, not by copy-pasting it on any channel. It's the platform that you use to keep you focused. Usually EVP has one key, key positioning. For example, for Photomat, it was you know, our mission, our purpose. That was our main focus uh, when communicated both internally and externally. But there are also more pillars, like three to five pillars that actually help you to focus your communications. You will, for example, if those pillars are personal development, innovation, I don't know, help me, work-life balance. Yeah. Let's say we have those three. You're not going to repeat the same message all over again on the same channels. But what you have to do and how EVP helps you is have uh, those three topics on mind and create a lot of content, a lot of different kind of messages, different kind of uh, media formats and promote it on different channels. Everything that is a proof that you offer work-life balance, that you offer development opportunities, yeah. and the third, innovation. Yeah, yeah, innovation. yeah, this is how it helps you. So that you don't be um, messy and that you are really clear about who you are. Those three things is who you are. And give a lot of examples, concrete action, concrete testimonials, how you are doing it and showing it every day. I think to add to that, the. I think to bring the EVP to life, it's a, maybe like we've done, I've done it before. I've done it for a mental health care company. I've done it for the Royal Air Force in the UK, where we have a podcast, audio to start with, but then we moved into video, and it's great. The next season is going to be 
on the rugby pitch, in the boxing ring, all talking about how sport can help you find your career potential for people starting out in their career. So we had a really good batch of, of great, interesting episodes, which wasn't just come and, come and work for us, we're a great place to work. There's plenty of content out there for that. And then we serialized it. It's very difficult to serialize a job ad, but if you've got some rich conversations with people talking very naturally and, dare I say, authentically, you can create a lot of content from, say, one, two, three, or four episodes, whether it's a podcast. Thank you. So more, maybe in the interest of time, like one example for each of these, how to get employees to want to be part of the action. As I said, uh, my biggest win was to find out uh, and to take time to find out what is in it for them, what makes them tick, what would motivate them. I found that in my previous company, as I said, it was sharing knowledge, helping others solve problems. And this is what I used actually to motivate, to encourage people to, to participate. But there are more actions, of course, to build the whole advocacy program, like uh, provide trainings and resources, uh, give recognition, um, I don't know, provide networking opportunities mm. for those people, give them more visibility within the company and on external channels. Things like that. I think also just that when you're going, if you sit down and talk to somebody, often the typical scenario is this is a talking heads video. Look at the camera and can you answer these questions? No, it's just have a guided conversation. It's not, it's not try and get our messages in there. Yes, we need to connect to the EVP, but just have a guided conversation that will tick off those, those pillars and people just relax and they just share their opinion and their advice. And actually employees are massive career coaches, as far as I'm concerned, there's lots that they can give. They can shout your, your EVP pillars without actually saying your EVP pillars. Super, thank you. Uh, next question. More specifically from this room, um, how to educate and motivate engineers to be more involved in the recruitment process? Again, talk to them. Ask them, I, I always uh, had a draft plan what activities I wanted to do each year. But then I sat with them and said, hey guys, can you help, or girls, can you help me, you know, give me your feedback. What do you think about those events? What do you think about, should we have a series of interviews on this media? And having in mind their inputs, their feedback, we actually co-created the plan of activities together. And this is how I got buy-in. So you've got a community of 500 tech people that, you know. Yeah, I forgot to tell fantastic. that example. No. Yeah. That's based on, Do we have on a thing. Do I have time? Go on. I have yeah, a great example. Uh, and I guess many of you in the room probably heard for it. We actually started a meetup uh, because we couldn't find engineering managers. This is not a typical managerial role where, where you only need leadership skills, but you also need a really heavy technical background. Mm -hmm. And uh, it started actually as a joke. I was talki talking to uh, our ex-director uh, of engineering, and I said, hey, we are having this management academy in-house. What do you think? How would community react if we offered that knowledge and these experiences on the outside? If we offered it in, let's say, format a meetup and we would share the knowledge. And he said, yeah, we, we don't have anything to lose, let's try it. And we actually bet that only 20 to 30 people maximum will come up. 
So we started the meetup, we published the event, and uh, in less than 24 hours, I think we had more than 200 applications. This is actually the, the most successful story I have from that company because something that started as, um, okay, we identified a need, not only in our company, but in a society as a whole, in whole Croatia, or maybe even wider in the region. And we actually uh, created the platform where our engineers uh, have been fe featured as speakers. They uh, had the talks, they participated at as panelists, and they shared their experiences and knowledge. And the whole community had big value from it. And a lot of people were, you know, coming to each meetup and saying, this is the best thing ever. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. We are learning so much. We are networking with our peers. For the first time, we have actually someone to talk, to ask questions, mm -hmm. to, you know, check if this role is for me or not. So, yeah, this is really... A good example. Thank you very much. We're going to have to close in a moment. <clears throat> so any final closing thoughts to give to these people? Go on, you go first. Well, I can go. I have so many, but okay. I'll try to be... <laughs> choose one. Yeah. Um, okay, start small. As I said, you don't have to do everything at once. Get the management buying. Um, engage employees. Take my advice. Give them something, what's in it for them. Um, measure. Even when you start, start with measuring or start with research, be data driven. This will help you focus on the right activities. And if you have limited resources, you will know where to invest them. And don't forget to enjoy. That's it. That's it. All I can say is just pick up the mic, pick up the phone and just start talking to people. It sounds a bit too simple, but I think it can be that simple and just finding a pressure point in the business and then just find people you can talk to and that can turn into lots of different formats of, of content, not just, not just video. Good, so one last time. Thank you very much, Chris and the owner. Thank you.